Hey, everybody. Welcome to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes life for an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, you're getting me. Uh, I'm just going to have a few podcasts where I just talk to you myself and uh, topics that I think are very important in developing yourself as a technician, uh, and especially in the context of having a career. Um, and clear communication is central to that. So today we're just going to talk about the five components of clear communication. It's extremely foundational because the people around you can't perform to your expectation and you can't perform to theirs if there's not clarity about it. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. John Shirk here again with HVAC Joy Lab. Uh, today, the guest is just me. So uh, every so often, I want to bring you guys some content that's just specifically the kind of stuff I bring to my clients and, and uh, things that I know are helpful. Um, and today, I want to talk about what I would consider the very beginning of a professional skill set, uh, professionalism as a technician. And that is clarity of communication. Now, why does this come first? So fundamentally, <clears throat> um, human performance begins when we start measuring things. Uh, my PhD is in human capital development in that field. Uh, it's all about, you know, uh, competence, expertise, performance, how it's measured, and so on. And uh, basically, anytime we want to start becoming a pro, something's getting measured. Uh, if I want to be an amateur runner, cause I just love running and I want to go run three miles. Great. But if I want to be a professional, I'm going to have to start measuring how quickly did I run each mile? Uh, what was my total time and so on. Something's going to start getting measured. Uh, if I want to be a professional, uh, salesperson in air conditioning, what's my close rate, right? So, uh, what's even things like, uh, what is my Google rating? Uh, how many stars is a, is a number that measures how am I doing? Okay. So underneath that fundamentally um, is just simply clear communication, clear um, expectations. And so for you as a technician, uh, one of the things I've observed over the years is that it's very common for technicians to kind of defer to a service manager to some degree, even to a customer uh, regarding what is expected of them. Right. So, and it can feel like, well, they're the boss. They're supposed to tell me what they expect of me. Fair enough. 
But we know from the Gallup organization that when workers all across the planet are given the statement on a survey, I know what is expected of me at work, only 50% of workers strongly agree. Now, if that applies to you and your company, if there are 20 technicians working where you work, 10 of them are not fully clear on what is expected of them. And if you're one of them, then it's very difficult for you to, to deliver professional performance. I mean, at the end of the day, professionalism really begins with delivering whatever it is the professional is supposed to deliver. If you're a professional, uh, whatever, if you're a professional framer, then, you know, there's a quality of framing that's assumed you're going to be able to deliver in a certain price in a certain amount of time. If you professionally make eyeglasses, then there's something that you it's expected you will consistently deliver. If you're an air conditioning technician, depending on which you know, field you work in commercial, residential, low temp, install controls, like whatever it is, is your zone, whatever that deliverable is, professionalism begins with you being able to consistently deliver what that is. The problem is, if you're not clear with the people in the company you work for, you can't. Now, some onus is on that manager, is on that owner, that service manager, whoever, to give you clarity but here's the problem, and you've heard me talk about this maybe on other podcasts. There's an introversion, extroversion, confusion problem, right? Extroverts who tend to be more what managers are like, uh, they start talking to decide what they think about something. So they'll say two, three, four, five, six things. And at number five, it hits them. That's what I'm trying to say. And literally, they have a hormonal response to that that says, that's it. That's what I'm saying. And they will swear under oath they could not have been more clear to you. The problem is they've said six things and you didn't have that experience. And so technicians, about 80% or more of whom have an introverted communication style, which means they pause, you all pause, not every single one of you, but many of you pause, form your thought in silence and then speak. Okay. This creates a kind of communication gap where someone in a position of authority in the company can be delivering what they think is clear instruction to you, but it's not clear to you. And if you don't fight through that and speak up, they'll think they have been clear, but it will still be unclear to you. And then it will fall on you because you're the one performing inaccurately. Or, or apart from their expectation. So you, as a technician, you have to own the clarity of the expectations that the managers have of you. Um, and, and it doesn't mean, um, you know, forever extended hours-long conversations, but if they say, look, we want the install done this way, and you're not exactly sure what that means, then it falls on you to ask them, what about this? What about that? You know, do you, do you want to metal coupling or rubber coupling or whatever, whatever the situation is that, that you're working with. Um, so the beginning of this lesson um, is really the idea of a professional technician owns clarity of expectations of them. Right. Let me say it again. A professional technician owns for themselves the clarity around what is expected of them. And if on any point there is I mean, even things that could seem very minor on a sunny, dry day. Do you put on the booties before you go in the house or not? Right. Knowing what is expected of you at the end of the day 
the last 20% of that clarity falls on you. Because again, they're going to try. But if it isn't clear to you, they don't know that unless you speak up. Okay. Now, once you have owned that clarity, there are five components of clear communication. They are data, feelings, judgment, want, and action. We're going to separate data and judgment and feelings, want, and action. So here's what I'm talking about first. The, con the general content of the communication, like the words you're, you're saying, the overt content, can generally be divided into data and judgment. Data would be saying it's 83 degrees outside. Judgment would be saying it's hot outside. Data would be saying uh, the price of this changeout is $12,650. Judgment would be saying this changeout is expensive. Okay. Now, do you feel the difference? And in the clarity of your communication, you need to begin to, to own and feel the difference between data and judgment. And when the dispatcher calls you, if you say, yeah, it's hot out here, but we're feeling pretty good. I got it. That's really not status. That's your judgment about the situation, right? It's really, there really is no communication of the status of anything without data. And so, uh, and, and the thing is, technicians are actually pretty good with data. They just don't know they're supposed to say it out loud, right? I mean, you're working with meters already. You're working with very specific measurements already. So uh, the issue is simply getting in touch with the fact that data um, is part of your, is a central part of your clear communication. The room is 80 degrees. The call came in at 145. I've worked on a chiller once. This is the second call on this piece of equipment in four weeks. Whatever the individual pieces of data are, that's the core of the clarity of your communication. Okay, Mr. Customer, your call came in uh, from you at 145. It's now 315, just confirming. And these are the two hot rooms. Right. Or the whole house is hot, depending if it's residential. That's a two rooms is kind of a commercial thing. But either way, you're getting very specific and data oriented in getting clear of what the situation is. Okay. Now, a judgment is still a good thing. It just isn't status. But judgment is important because you need to know if uh, people's opinions are good or bad or or just in general, judgments are a very important part of communication. If you want to know your judgment or someone else's judgment about anything, simply ask the question, what is it about blank? What is it about this shirt? What is it about this customer? What is it about this ductwork? What is it about how we have this whole program set up? What is it about this truck wrap? When you say, what is it about blank? The answer to that question are your opinions about it. Okay, your judgments, opinions makes it sound like they're pithy and starchy and they don't have any kind of substance. Your judgment can have real meaningful substance, but it's a judgment. What is it about this install crew? What is it about this fluke multimeter? What is it about blank? And knowing those opinions. Now, you may have an opinion and you may want to express this opinion. You know, you commercial guys that are doing maintenance, you may say, look, I this piece of equipment, I don't, I don't think we should fix it. I think we should just propose a change out. Okay. Everything I just said is a judgment. The data is here's what it would cost to fix the compressor. 
Here's what it would cost to do the other repairs needed. Here's the cost of the actual change out. The unit is 13 years old. You hear all the data in that. So when you're talking then to the customer, if you just say things like um, what I said at the beginning, this unit is kind of old. Uh, it's kind of junky. Uh, I really think we should look at a change out. That customer doesn't have enough data from you to make a decision. And it's very easy if you don't own the thing of data to kind of turn it around as like, well, why won't you trust me? Well, be trustworthy by giving data to the people you're communicating with. Let the data do the talking, right? The data will form its own. The, the people who are given data will form their own judgments and they'll ask, what's your judgment? They don't use that word. They'll ask, what's your opinion? But if it's based on data, you're demonstrating you're trustworthy. If you're asking for trust without data, you're putting pressure on your relationship with them. I hope this makes sense. Don't put pressure on your relationship with your managers, with your dispatcher, with your customers by asking for your trust without giving them data. Being the source of data is what makes you trustworthy to them. It's what makes you a professional. Okay. Pros deliver data. And then that data becomes the basis of a shared decision. And that's how you do sales. That's how you do meaningful relationships in a business environment. Okay. Data and judgment. Now, what about the other three feelings, want, and action. Now these are all sources of mixed messages. Very often it's, it's woven into the communication. What are the feelings? What do I want? And what actions am I taking? But they're not articulated, but they can be seen. If I, for example, said to you, I am not angry. Well, the words I just said are, I'm not angry. The tone I just used says, oh, hell yes, I am. Okay. That's a mixed message. So you need to be, if you're going to become a great professional communicator, right? You need to be able to distinguish data from judgment in what you're saying, but also account for any emotion that you have. And by emotion, I'm not saying I feel like we should change out this unit. I'm talking about angry, sad, afraid, happy, ashamed. Not I'm talking about I feel like the problem is X. That's a judgment. If you, you know, whatever that emotion is, if you're clearly communicating an emotion that's out of sync with what you're saying, people are going to be left with a mixed message and not sure what that means. Okay. Same thing. Have you ever been with someone communicating with someone and they clearly want you to do something, but they won't say that same idea. Wouldn't what, do you, you guys want to eat Italian tonight? Oh, I don't know. Wouldn't it be great if we eat Italian? Oh, you want to eat Italian? Oh, I don't care. Whatever you guys want. Okay. So that's a silly little example, but it, it shows up in communication all the time. Okay. So the, whatever it is you want, if you're wanting that is showing up, but not in the words, but they can feel it. It's a mixed message. Right now, if you say out loud, I want you to blank. Now it's data inside the conversation and we can integrate this all together. So it's the it's the unarticulated want. That's a problem. And then lastly, is this uh, issue of action? It, I mean, this everybody knows this one. If uh, someone says, hey, we all agree that we're going to be at work at eight o'clock every morning. 
and then eight o'clock rolls in tomorrow and you're not there till 845 and you do that again the next day, your actions are so out of sync with your words that mixed message creates confusion. Okay. So these are the components of professional communication. Um, so listen, if you're a technician, this is not going to be a long podcast today, but I really want you to listen to me and I really want you to soak in what I'm saying, because this will set you apart from other people, other technicians who are who don't know or are not willing to communicate this way. It will make you more professional. And and what happens is you end up being the, the master of customer service. And in every company I've ever seen, the mass, the technician who is the master of customer service gets all the opportunities, right? So if you're in a company and you want to move up, be that person the customers always want to see, and then they're going to give you the new opportunities. How do you give the great customer service? It begins right here with what we're talking about. Okay. I'm trying to reduce this to the smallest element for you. Data and judgment. What are the measurable data? A professional technician delivers data an unprofessional technician delivers judgments only and says, look, just trust me. Okay. What is the data of the situation and what are your judgments about it? But data first. Okay. Um, and then secondarily, the, the feelings, the want and the action are those showing up in what I'm communicating, you know, and this is, this can be anything. You could be frustrated with your on-call schedule and you're showing frustration, but you're telling them I'm not frustrated. I just need clarity. Well, but if you're showing you're frustrated, then it's a mixed message, right? And that they, they don't, people don't always know how to integrate that mixed message. Often they don't. And so it's up to you to be as a clear communicator to be aware of and be in control of what you show of your feelings, what you want and what actions you take and make that always in sync with your data and your judgment statements. Okay. Now I want to review one more time that extrovert introvert thing, because it's very important. Um, in the, in the extroverted style of communicating that the words start coming out and none, neither of these is the wrong way to communicate. It's just different styles and people with different experiences, different genetic wiring different contexts communicate differently so in that extroverted style if that's you just realize when you feel like you're being clear it's it's likely that you're not as clear as you think you're being right you're not a bad guy but just realize that as you're talking and listening to yourself unconsciously you'll suddenly feel clear as you say something that's yes that's what i want to say but only you it's only you that's having that feeling Okay. And if you're introverted, realize the impact that silence is having in your communication. Um, silence uh, is as powerful as anything in communication. And little pauses of silence uh, are very unnerving, especially to someone who is extroverted. I mean, a very introverted person can pause eight seconds in a conversation and then speak and it doesn't make them uncomfortable at all. But eight seconds of silence to an extrovert is like Chinese water torture. Okay. So just acknowledge that. And, and maybe if, if, if you need a pause, just kind of go, let me think about this for a minute. 
don't just sit and stare while you're waiting to to answer okay um really unless you unless you want to use that silence then go ahead and let it do what it does i would even encourage you to experiment a little bit with silence in your communication and just watch what happens when you pause in in conversation and see how different people respond to it um as you get used to being a more professional communicator silence is one of the tools in your toolbox no question and so just go ahead and experiment with it a couple times and and you know see how you can use it okay so let me sum it up data and judgment as content of your communication feelings want and action as potential um uh mixed message creating factors okay listen my name is john shirk uh, I am doing everything I can, I, I promise you, to bring you as many tools uh, and as much help as I can to enrich your life as a technician. All this stuff, use it at home, too. Use it with your kids. Use it with your spouse. Um, get clear with the expectations you have. Don't just count on common sense for teen, with your teens. Sometimes they don't have any common sense, okay? So go home, own clarity in everything around you, and I promise that will improve your life. I'm Dr. John Shirk. We'll see you next time. A good life is had at the HVAC Joy Lab.